0: hello welcome back i'm caitlin and i'm emily we're the executive directors and co-founders of atx tv and you're listening to the tv campfire this week and coming up through the end of 2021 we're releasing exclusive and original conversations from our season 10 festival that premiered in june 2021 please enjoy this week's release and tune in both here and on youtube.com backslash ATX TV for even more TV goodness. Without further ado, here's this week's TV campfire episode from season 10 of ATX TV Festival. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Emily Gibson, co-founder of ATX TV. And I'm Laura Kincaid, director of operations. It's day 10 and to be honest, I'm not really sure how we got here 10 days into 10 seasons of ATX TV Festival. Well, now whose idea was that? Not mine. Oh, are you sure about that one? <laughs> okay, it's mine. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but we made it together. Hashtag TV together. Now, I know we're all mega fans of Schitt's Creek because we're human beings. Um, so to say that team ATX was really excited about surreal estate is a bit of an understatement. Um, and I just cannot tell you how much it delivers. We love it. Even me, who was terrified of ghost and maybe did have to watch it during the day with all the lights on. But that being said, one of our favorite things about writing ATX TV is that we get to help people discover new shows. And this one, well, all we're going to say is you're welcome. (laughs) So with that, we're going to bring out Janine Amber from
1: Essence, who will be moderating. Hi, everybody. I'm Janine Amber and I'm here today with Sarah Levy and Tim Rozon, who are starring in Surreal Estate, which is the new show on Sci-Fi premiering July 16th at 10 p.m. I'm very excited to be speaking to you guys. Hi, how are you? Hello. Hello. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Where, where are you guys? I know we're all remote right now, so where, where are you guys right now? I'm in LA.
2: Yeah, I'm in uh, Canada. I'm in Northern Quebec.
1: Yay! I'm Canadian also. Yay! You see my little maple leaf behind? <laughs> oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, so I was super excited to, to speak with you guys. I have so many questions. First of all, I know you were filming in Newfoundland during COVID. So can you, for the people who are not Canadian, can you tell everybody what it's like out there and, you know, also what it meant to be filming out there during COVID? Tim, do you want to go for it?
2: Uh, You go. I mean, we were actually really lucky because um, the East Coast really had a handle on COVID. Yeah. Uh, So there was, like, no cases. So, like, we were, like, the one place kind of... Probably in North America at that time, where we could actually kind of still go for brunch and go for dinner, and it was allowed. And and it's not something we did weekly, but I mean, we definitely partaked in a a brunch or two, which was kind of nice to feel kind of normal because that you can definitely feel it's just not, you know, I I can't even tell you what half our crew looks like, to be honest, which is really unfortunate. Uh, Just because, you know, everybody with the mask and everybody was so professional, even on the last day when everybody's saying goodbye. It's not like we were saying goodbye, showing each. The mask stayed on. And uh, so it was nice to kind of go for brunch. So that was like a little normal.
3: It, then- it, it totally, like I had come, I was coming from LA, and LA was terrible at that time in the summer. It was a complete lockdown. We couldn't do anything. So going to Newfoundland, it was nice to be home in Canada and, and to make this show there and, and, as Tim said, to not know what anybody's bottom half of their face looked like. <laughs> I was like, whoa, you have a mustache? That is not What I thought your face was going to look like.
2: Yeah, it's chins that always got me with people <laughs> COVID started. When I see someone's chin that I've, I've met someone with a mask, I've never read the chin never matches what I thought it was going to yeah. be.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting because I, you know, so many of us during during COVID, we just stayed inside and we didn't actually meet a lot of new people. So I guess meeting new people and only seeing half of their face would be they become unrecognizable once they take that off. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about the show. I was just fascinated because it's interesting to see stuff that was filmed while, you know, the pandemic was raging. So so that was really interesting. But Tim, why don't you tell us what the show is about?
2: Uh I mean, Start
1: up
3: in one sentence.:
2: It's, it's, it's about a, 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 a team of a real estate, I would say, specialists mm-hmm. um, that uh, they sell the houses that no one else can, or probably that nobody else wants to. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we've got the Super ringer. We've got Sarah Levy. I mean, you know, so uh, you know, we, we specialize in um, haunted possessed houses
1: but what is so great about your characters the way you like such a, all great salesmen sort of repackage it and say you know they're stigmatized properties <laughs> the scene where you're sort of explaining you know how you you like um had focus groups to, to to come up with the acronym for your Company, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. It took up. me four days
2: to learn that uh, monologue.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Tim had, I mean, the pages and pages of just mm-hmm. like dialogue that were that was just technical jargon that we would kind of swap back and forth when we'd each have like a bad episode where we had a ton of dialogue. Mm-hmm. He, especially off the top, it was like I would go through and be like, oh, "Good luck." <laughs> this is a lot to learn it was I mean he did it perfectly but it was um it it, it was intense off the top
2: yeah well you had a lot too which which it's, it's made me feel better if I'm being honest you know I'm used to playing character like much shit Mutt didn't say much love that about Mutt loved it um Luke Luke talks yeah. Luke talks a lot talks a lot about stuff that I have no idea about either you know ghosts uh, selling houses. They've got their own lingo, both of them. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know that yeah. there was, there was a lot of, um, real estate lingo, which, you know, but the, you know, the characters are so different than the characters you both played on Schitt's Creek. And, and, um, Sarah, I saw an interview in which you, you were saying that one of the ways you got into character with Twyla was through wardrobe. You were talking mm-hmm. about like paisley tops and the beat up sneakers. And then, and then this, this, um, show, you know, like Tim, you're all suited up. The scene, the opening scene, the very, with the flipped up collar and the rain and, you know, you, you take on such an air of, of. Um, I mean, you're so slick, you know, depend, compared to Mutt, who was all bearded and scruffy. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, Sarah, with you, when you 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 were speaking to the other real estate agent at one point and you snapped at her and you said, Shut your hole! And I thought that's really not something Twilight would say at all. Oh. So, how how did you find getting into these these completely different characters? To, you know, how did you find that to be?
3: I felt like it, kind of the same process. It's it's amazing what hair and makeup and a wardrobe can do when you you know look at yourself completely done and you you really feel like a different person. And um, that that always. To me, is the best way for me to get into character. I feel like things don't really come alive until, until that happens. But it was so nice to—I mean, it was such a—it is such a transition from a character like Twyla to a character like Susan. She gets all—you know—she has better clothes, she has better hair. There's some makeup on her. It was like really fun to actually sit in the hair and makeup trailer this time and um, come up with some very kind of uh, chic looks. But, um, but it's, yeah, it was a departure I think for, for both of us in a very fun way.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. It is, it is really interesting. It's like, it takes all the departments that come together which is great because it makes it easier because that character at first, uh, one of my draws to it was, I knew it was challenging for me to do it. Cause I'd never, I'd never just took on that much of a workload to be honest in, in the character of Luke. But the challenge was exciting. But once I started getting the wardrobe and the new fresh face and then the way even the way they shot it i could see and it was like oh okay this is all coming together and it, it kind of came together nice
3: yeah really nice
1: uh you know i actually was speaking to paul fox the director you know i've known him for decades and he oh. when when we were younger was a huge stephen king fan and a huge horror movie fan and you know so when i saw the opening that looked it you know had that whole kind of exorcist vibe to it. And then all of these other these other um, moments and I, and I could see all of his influences. And I'm wondering like, were you guys also horror movie fans before you started working on this?
3: I was not, I like horror movies I like in theory. I like the idea of like, ooh, let's sit down and get some popcorn and chips and watch a horror movie. And I'm like, great, yeah, good idea. And then I sit down and then it starts and I'm like, I don't, this is not actually a good, I'm like, I'm this the entire time. My ears are plugged and I, I like my brother forced me to watch paranormal activity one time and I like cried at the end of like, it was just like, I don't do well with horror. It's not my, it's not my genre to watch. It's a little, it's, it gets in my psyche. It's too much for me.
2: Yeah, same with me, yeah. I, I've seen a, like uh, Scream, I liked, and I know what you did last summer. That's yeah, about yeah. as horror as I go. Yeah. I don't go past that. I remember like when I was a kid, there was like, my brother would pick the movie night and we'd have to watch, there was like zombies eating brains. Mm-hmm. And I'd last like 10 minutes and be like, this is why I don't hang out with my brother. But, <laughs> I didn't get it, I didn't get it.
1: So, so one of the questions I did ask Paul, because you know we're friends, I said. So who was most difficult to work with? And he said, um, the dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> the dog was supposed to be super scary, but it was wagging its tail,
3: and it was a super friendly dog. We had we had some like <laughs> our biggest issues that were you know difficulties, divas on set. Where I think the animals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I was not even worried for a second that you were going to say one of the actors because I was like, I can't think of anybody on this cast that it was, you know what I mean? I was like, not yeah. even worried. Yeah. I did hear about the dog. I wasn't there that day. I wasn't I there. Heard about the, dog.
1: the dog was supposed to be very scary, but it was, you know, you know, you <laughs> <But yeah. laughs>
3: I worked with a crow in, uh, in the absolutely. second episode and the crow, um, they had basically come out. The handler had come out to give us all a debrief. And this was midnight. Like we had started shooting it at 1230. And she was like, just so you know, don't look at the crow. Don't touch the crow. Don't be in the crow's eyeline. Don't get in its way. It may or may not do what you want it to do. It was like this whole, like, uh are we safe like can we be in this is this okay and the crow did nothing that it was supposed to do like zero <laughs> and it took two hours for them to get like I don't I'm curious to see if they even used anything from that like we had like a little fake crow and the real crow just just didn't didn't cut it
1: it's funny that you're working with the crow again because crows were also such a big part of
3: Of course, sure. <laughs> you know, I just put that together just right this second. You're right.
1: I mean, of all the animals to have to work with twice, crows are sort of a, sort
3: I should have had Catherine O'Hara give me a little um, insight into what working with crows was like. So <laughs> uh, the, the other thing
1: I, I thought was, um, you know, interesting in terms of of uh, how it, it was filmed there's a scene where there's all sorts of stuff flying around, you know, the room, which I guess is gonna happen a lot because it's about homes that have other things going on. They're haunted or, you know, there are other mysterious forces. So do you, did you shoot a lot of scenes with things floating around? Because I understand it wasn't always a CGI. Sometimes there were people throwing stuff
3: around like old school <laughs> in that scene that there were it was just two people on either side throwing things to each other and catching them that was like it was just people
2: well the only difference this time was uh, in between takes we had to de-covid the props that were thrown uh, between the practical effects, they they had to have been, you know, cleaned in between. That was a new twist that I wasn't used to. I'm used to crazy stuff on sets uh, with practical effects, but uh, that was a new one.
1: It sounds hilarious, and it sounds way more fun than we'll put the special effects in after, you know. And I just yeah. I love the image of you shooting in the scene with two guys tossing around a head of lettuce. Yeah, I love that. But in fact. Paul had said that before you guys shot this, that he had uh, looked at, at the exorcist, you know, in that scene where all this stuff is is flying around. Well, there are m- multiple scenes, but that's how they used to do it back in the day. They would have mm-hmm. people throw like, you know, a big fan and then people throwing stuff in front of the fans so, so that it would fly through the air. Mm-hmm. And it does give the whole uh, production sort of a different feel. And I really, I anyway, I love that. That scene was, was one of my... <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites, not all and, CGI. Yeah. And you, Tim, you did also it, it almost underscores her the, the coolness of your character, where you just sort of like, you know, with Bob and Weave as these things were flying through the air.
2: Yeah, was, the compo- Yeah. 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 Well, oddly enough, too, in that scene, the pork chop that we threw the dog that wasn't an angry dog wasn't <laughs> a pork chop because a pork chop for some reason doesn't look like a pork chop on TV. So we had to use a tuna steak because the tuna steak on television looked more like a pork chop.
3: Interesting, I did not know that. That is interesting. Oh. I
1: thought it looked like tuna and I thought, oh, I didn't know tuna it looks like <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah, I'm just kidding. It was it looked like it looked like what it was supposed to look like. But yeah, and then when the woman dusted uh, yeah. Well Tamil's
2: a-, a vegan too, so she wasn't loving it. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They couldn't make like a tofu piece of food. yeah.
2: They listen, they actually tried and this was a huge thing, you're not wrong. They did try, but supposedly the tuna steak looked the best on camera. And uh-huh. I just remember it, it kept coming back to the tuna steak. And then they said, well, okay, we'll do a fake thing. And then, they, but the tuna looked best. They said, okay, we'll have her throw the fake one. And then we'll do the close up on the real tuna. Oh,
1: wow. A day <laughs> in the life,
2: guys. It's just, people yeah. don't know. Just, it's, it's just real. <laughs> a day in the life.
1: <laughs> How did you guys get involved in this project? Like, who, who got signed on to do this first? How, to walk, walk me through the whole process.
3: As far as I know, it Tim um w- was signed on first um mm-hmm. because when I I had I had put myself on tape for it and then when I had found out that I got the part and I didn't know who was playing Luke and then Tim texted me and I that was that was how I found out that he was involved and at that point which I have told him like it's an obvious yes. Like when you know that the person that you're going to be working opposite for a good amount of time is such a wonderful person, a great actor, somebody that's like e- easy to get along with. And the fact that we knew each other, it was sold.
2: Yeah, exactly the same, but the opposite. Uh, I auditioned and then I, I got the part. And then the first thing I said, was, well, okay, well, who's Susan? And they said, Sarah Levy. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my. So I literally text you right away because same thing. I was just like, okay, I mean, how could I got to do this now? How, like, it was just such a, like,
1: just it. It was
2: just, yeah. yeah, what a sigh of relief. Okay. I know who I'm going to be spending the majority of my time with and they're great. Yeah. So yeah. Me up, it was, it was actually a real, uh, it was a plus.
3: Big time. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't like you found out you were going to be working together and like, Oh,
3: Damn, (laughs) what was that? Luckily, no, although I'm sure you know that happens to people, and I feel sad for those people because that was I
2: I was happy, and then and then I kept calling you too. When I then we started getting the scripts, and I started seeing like more and more, I'd be able at least I'd have somebody to talk to. But how are we gonna do this? Do you
1: see how much
3: stuff we have to do? (laughs) Yeah, you'd be like, I have so much dialogue, like, oh god, I haven't seen any.
1: Like how much of this story did you know when you first got signed on, when you first signed on to do it? Like, do do they give you like a whole, like, you know, the whole arc or you just. I
3: I just had the first script that we, the pilot that we got to read for our audition. And that, that was all I knew. And like the storyline.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was as easy to cast, which was, uh, I think, luckier for me. Uh, because um, I had a lot of zoom meetings with George, our creator. Yeah. Uh, and so he gave me a lot of insight into the character for, for trying to because I, I mean, I, I couldn't screen test, I was filming at the time, too. So I couldn't, I don't even know if I would have been able to actually now with COVID. Uh, yeah. time. So I was doing uh, a lot of zoom test auditions and readings, I think I did three, Um, and so I kept getting different feedbacks and different, um, notes and also different insights to the character. So that helped a lot actually. So I knew, I think a little bit more than everybody else going in, but same thing. I think like I only had the pilot, maybe the second episode, uh, I had on me.
1: Yeah. So as actors, how do you audition through zoom? Like you do you ever do scenes with other people or you just, how, how does that work?
2: Just like this.
3: <laughs> I've actually never done a zoom audition when I, when I, I put myself on tape for this and then I didn't hear anything for two and a half months. And then the next thing I heard was that I got the part. So I didn't Feel, like I, ne- I didn't meet anybody. I never got to like interact. I didn't. We didn't do any like chemistry tests or anything. So I, it, I was, in a way, I almost wish, we had done something just so that we, you know, meeting Tim aside, like meeting everybody else wasn't just like, the day before we started shooting. Um, but I, but it's weird to, to like. It's hard enough to just have conversations over Zoom, let alone um, act, because it's such a physical thing.
1: Yeah, that's. what I mean, that's what. Why I'm so curious about this. I can't, you know. Obviously, I'm as somebody who's not in the industry. All I know about auditions is what I've seen in on <laughs> TV shows and in movies. But it looks like it's in person. So, yeah. so Tim, how is it for you to to get this part through? You know. Without, like, even... yeah,
3: like was someone well, reading your like, like,
1: lines? It, it was difficult, but it was like
2: it was also like I was filming at the same time. So at the same time, it's like I, I don't have time to think about this. This guy, this like so much dialogue, and I'm like, man, this is like the fourth time. I'm like, either you like me, or you don't like me. But at the same part, I understand, and you got to do it. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna suck this up, and I'll just learn another scene, and and we're gonna do it. And then I would go, and and I would just do the best of my abilities. And then the last one actually uh they sent me two new scenes um one was the two of us uh at the batting cage great scene yeah um and then the other one was uh i won't give too much away but it was pretty dramatic uh and uh it was about a two-page monologue to be honest and uh they wanted to do the zoom the next day another zoom reading test at three o'clock the next day and i was just like you know what I'm busting this thing out right now. I'm feeling I was just, I was in the mood that night. And I'm like, I was kind of feeling vulnerable anyway. And I'm like, I can do this, this, this scene right now. And I just hooked my little phone to that thing, did the whole two-page monologue and sent them that. And I said, Man, if they still want to see more, then, then then I'll then I'll go back. Uh, and then they called me, they someone wrote me back right away and they said, Hold on Zoom. And I knew, I knew what that meant. I knew, okay. You did a good tape. You're, you might be good here. Uh, and then that was finally how it ended. But other than that, yeah, it was Zoom meetings and and, and working it and, and talking about the characters. I was very lucky. danishka was there. Uh, so she's amazing. and I had worked with her before. She had directed me before. So she's great. I will say this. Having watched the show, even though we never screen test, the chemistry of this cast is incredible. Awards for that. It's great. I
3: can't believe yeah. how... Like, the chemistry, like, I can't believe the chemistry that we have. And everyone is so different, like, so unique in their characters and in person. And it just works Mm -hmm. so well. Like, with just, like, just gels. Yeah. Feels so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes it so
1: surprising that none of you auditioned together. You were not in the same room until you actually got on set.
3: So,
1: yeah. Wow. That I mean it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of chemistry. So the two of you obviously Schitt's creek. Now, there is a, to me, I see like a little bit of tension between your two characters <laughs> in this show. And I know you can't really give away what happens, but um, Can you give away? (laughs) No. Do do you guys ever like to some, I feel like you should be, I would like to see you guys to. Ghosts in the show.
3: (laughs) Throughout the season, at least we're, we're, we just kind of are part partner, business partners. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually really nice. Like I love their relationship in that. It's this, for now at least, this kind of platonic friendship. I know there's like undercurrents of things and I'm sure there's a direction they want it to go at some point. But I think I I just loved their personal relationship and the way they can banter back and forth and they kind of give each other crap here and there and they know that they can raz each other and be vulnerable Pulse For now And I i kind of I, I kind of really appreciated that I think sometimes when you rush into things It's like it's over Too soon and I, I just love The relationship that they developed So I just like living in that Right now
2: Me too well said oh. Yeah well said
1: So we may have to wait for Season two before you guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm rooting for for the two of you. The the what one of the really interesting things I noticed in the the pilot is that we we really get a hint at the that you guys both have this very complicated backstory. You know, and I won't give anything away with your character Sarah, but you know we really see there's a lot of stuff that has gone on in your past and uh is some of that going to come into the show later like i you know I
3: we wanna... we see um we see her past um kind of unravel before our our eyes and see a um a really nice arc and a growth that happens within her and she kind of finds her her strength and her confidence and isn't isn't afraid of her past um anymore by by the end of the first um season which is which is really exciting there's yeah there's a lot to kind of cover there
1: yeah, that's always like the the really exciting thing with the pilot is when there's just, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing, but you don't know if, is this, are we really going to get fully into this? What's going to happen? Is this, how's this going to, how's this issue going to complicate things? And yeah. the same with, with your your character, Tim, you know, Luke, like we see, you know, as he says, I don't believe in ghosts pretty early on on in the, to, to one of the clients. Um, you know, there's a whole other, bunch of stuff that seems to be going on with, with your past as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think one of
2: the great things about the show is I think we'll see each member of the team kind of deal with their own personal uh, demons, as a, which, which in some way are a lot scarier uh, than the supernatural demons we deal with uh, mm-hmm. on the show, um, which is another thing I love about the show is that each episode, it's like you said before, is there going to be stuff flying around in each episode? I don't think so because I, that's what I loved about each episode. Each story was like its own little movie uh, because each house we had had a different issue issue. yeah, Yeah. uh, to deal with.
1: So, okay. One one last question for you, Tim. I know that you also are a restaurateur and you have two restaurants in Montreal. Mm -hmm. So you're, you, have this business and you're also an actor. So which one of them is your side hustle? Which one is the primary job?
2: Well, thanks to COVID, uh, you know, uh, I've I've been super lucky. I worked a lot during COVID, which is just, I'm just, you know, lucky. I'm I'm not a fan of pandemics in any way. (laughs) I am a fan of working. Uh, So my restaurants have been closed to be honest, so. Um, uh, Covid kind of decided that for me.
3: Tim's restaurants, if anybody is ever in Montreal, they are two of the best in dare I say, all of Canada. Um they're like not to be he, not just because he's my friend. They are not to be missed. They're incredible. Um, if anybody happens to be in Montreal, if you can get a reservation because let's face it, that's a big problem. If you can get one, Go.
1: Tim, tell us the name of the restaurants for anybody who's but when finally when uh, this
3: turned into the, the
1: whole, it's great.
2: Uh, Le Garde Manger and Le Bremner in uh, in Old Montreal.
1: Thank you both so much. Again, everybody, check out Surreal Estate on July 16th, 10 p.m. Eastern on Stern on Sci-Fi Channel.
0: Thank you for listening to ATX TV's original series, The TV Campfire. To watch these panels and more, please visit youtube.com/ATXTV. For details on the festival, go to atxfestival.com. And information on our membership program can be found at atxfestival.com/membership. You can follow us on social media at ATXFestival. As always, please rate and review. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and a simple click or a brief comment can help us grow and other TV lovers like yourselves find us. Feels like enough information, right? (laughs) Yep. Till next time, keep watching TV.